Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview. And I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks where you can hear the rest. The the things that surprised me, because I knew mostly the, the rough beats of the story, and I knew all of the characters, and I, I'd heard so many of the, the lines quoted so many times, that uh, like a lot of it, it was just like, okay, this is what I expected. But the things that surprised me, one is that the dude is kind of, and and Will referenced the the line he says uh, about the testicles, This is that's an example of that. Like, the dude, I didn't realize, is kind of like a dick. Like, I thought he was just like the chillest coolest bro but he's like an <laughs> asshole who like treats other people like shit um and that was fat that was a fascinating layer and the other thing is that it is a yeah i knew it was was set in the 90s but i assumed it was just uh, contemporary for with when it was shot i didn't realize it's a period piece set in 1991 <laughs> during, during the, the gulf, gulf war, war. <laughs> yeah it's so yeah. funny like the, <laughs> it's that so it was made in 1998 and they're making it they, like for some reason they make it a period piece set in like the eve of the gulf war which i think is a really funny choice and in fact the first actual spoken dialogue that you hear in the movie other than sam elliott's voiceover is george hw bush george saying yeah, yeah right this aggression will not stand when he's buying the half and half from ralph's uh, something else about the movie that I think um, it's doing, and I might be reading too much into it, is I think, to a degree, it is a beyond just being a commentary about other movies. Uh, I think it does talk about real life to a certain degree, and that I think it's a yep. uh, commentary on the '90s. And like, if you try to do the old things nowadays in the 90s and in the suburbs it's in la but instead of the city it's in the suburbs i think it's kind of talking about the nihilism of the 90s i think there's a kind of reality bites type of 90s gen x um slacker yeah. nihilism to it yeah it's it, kind it's of like a- if reality bites meets um film noir and like reality bites it has that kind of gen x um type of fuck um uh, rebelling for the sake of rebellion but with no actual cause type of thing going on so everything that he tries to do that comes out of a film noir movie ends up yes. being meaningless because yes, from the 90s. Yes, like, exactly. When he scratches the, the pad old, with the pencil. The, yes, and it's the yeah, outline yeah. of the dick. The guy's yeah. Treon just doodling a dick on his, on his, on his notepad. But no, you're, Trevor, you're exactly right. It's about like, what would a noir protagonist of the 30s and 40s, like how, how would that work in the 90s and like those archetypes of, of American masculinity just totally breaking down and like, like nothing works or makes sense or is even the thing that you think it really is. And just like, uh, just real quick, like the like the it, it's yeah this end of history sense of like you know it, like it, on the cusp of the 21st century like what does it mean to be an American white male, and another interesting thing about like the sort of film nerd 
aspect to this movie is, I don't know if you found this out or not, but uh, the Walter Sobchik character, like John Goodman's character, which is basically like the the most memorable yep. thing about The Big Lebowski. Like, like it's yep. a tour de force performance, in my opinion. That character is, according to the Coen brothers and others, loosely based on the real-life screenwriter and director John Milius, who is oh, another wow. Southern California guy who's like rather famous for being a sort of like a, a right wing auteur. He's like one of like the, the few actually talented, like, you know, sort of conservative filmmakers and 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 film auteurs. But yeah, like that whole character is them riffing on on John Milius, like the real person. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. And that character is interesting to me, of course, because I'm, you know, <clears throat> commie scum about how class conscious he is like he's so he's pissed. rich fucks right. i didn't yeah, have buddies like, who died face down in the mud so dude, this trumpet this whore can, yeah dude he is so pissed at all of them for being rich for never having had to go to nam and you know get ptsd and have his fucking whole mental health um in tatters right like i was like wow that's interesting that they would that they would like so consciously do that like talk about the sort of the hierarchy of American culture where it's like, yeah, like the rich people at the top, they just farm out their meaningless jobs to us little pissants at the bottom. And <laughs> he's like, and fuck I, that. We're stealing the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it's I think it's also really important that that uh the dude's character, that Jeff Bridges, is like it make they make it very clear that he is like a like a like 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 so many people of that era in like Southern California is like a failed hippie. You know, he's like like his university <laughs> days. He's like I was the author of the uh, Port Huron Statement, the original, un unredacted one. And then and since the '60s, you know, he's just been bumming around bowling. And but then, like as contrasted with the big Lebowski, the other Jeffrey Lebowski, David Huddleston's character, it's like that's the vision of like rich Southern California, like Orange County, like right wing yep. guys. You know, right. like, he's he's the rich Republican, and Walter is the like Dude, actual when, PTSD when veteran met, Republican. Yeah, when they first met. He's yelling at him. He's yelling at the dude like, y'all lost the culture war. The bums always lose. (laughs) (laughs) You lost. You lost. Get a job, bro. You lost. Yep, yep. And what I like, too, is that it kind of subverts that because by the end, you realize he's not different. The big Lebowski and no, uh, yeah, he's just Jeff as Lebowski, much of a loser I, and a bum. Yeah, he hasn't. The yeah, foundation's money, his, Jeffrey. I've always told you. Yeah, he lives off his wife. His daughter basically um, treats him like a child and gives him an allowance. You know, he's just kind of uh, faking it. He's like those, um, you know, YouTube cowboys. You know, like I was fascinated with YouTube and TikTok cowboys that you know are in the car and you could tell they're <laughs> shooting from the car because they're henpecked and their wife is gonna chew them out. <laughs> if they uh, are in the house. Yeah. So you can tell they're, they're that husband that drives around looking for things to do because their wife's going to make them fix something and they're totally yeah, they henpecked. Get the yeah, rolling so pin like, as yeah, soon so, as they come home. Yeah, I'm I, I'm driving to Walmart right now. Get my gun and I want to let you know those SJWs, let me tell you about Star Wars. Like, dude, you're talking about Star Wars <laughs> with a cowboy hat. You live in a probably a gated community. Like, you are not a cowboy. Like, yeah, if you're, you're recording your, your video in a car as a cowboy, you've already lost. You should be on, on horseback, yeah, exactly. bouncing around, doing your front-facing video. Yeah, um, on the way to Costco. Like, fuck out of here. You guys hit on the, uh, you know, the that that gen- that uh, boomers, rather, and who, to the, the generation in this movie, uh, I, I think you'd call it boomers, are like, like it's 
never stopped fighting the the culture wars of the 60s. It's like so they're still litigate relitigating that and that's a lot of what's happening in this movie, you know, the scene with the Big Lebowski but also later the scene uh with the Malibu police chief who again <laughs> is like one of these rich southern california republicans who are if anything I feel like underrepresented. Somebody who lived his entire life in LA County. I feel like there it's like presented as like oh this is the blue you know leftist California the the you know the left coast but there are a shitload of Republicans here with a lot of money, you know, the the Nixon Republicans, the Reagan Republicans before this was a solid blue state. This was consistently producing uh you know a, a Republican politicians who would go on to the national level. There's still a lot of that in Orange County and San Diego. And it's a, a, a like that's like very much represented as well as the other aspect of of L.A. County and, and Southern California. They feel like you don't see a lot of which is just kind of dirtbag L.A. Dirtbag Southern California. Yes. It's all we're always seeing the O.C. We're seeing, you know, Melrose Place. We're seeing uh, the hills who look great, who surf. Yes. Who right. Healthy, who exercise, <laughs> who all of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, but there are people like, you, you know, go to Venice Beach. Right. <laughs> Right. Or go to North Hollywood where much much of this oh, is set. It's like, you know, it's there. There's a lot of there's a big, uh, you know, dirtbag uh, element out here. And um, and and yeah, I think that's oftentimes lost in the larger culture. Uh, and, uh, this is one thing you, know, you, you brought up the uh, the mm-hmm. scene with him and the uh, like the 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 sort of fascist um, sheriff's deputy who, uh, yes. who kicks him out of uh, Jackie Treehorn's house, which brings up. I was thinking of like because like the one black character in this movie is the cab driver who kicks him out of his cab for not liking the Eagles, and I think I was like that that sums up the Coen Brothers' conception <laughs> of like black culture. It's like the one black guy in their movie is a guy who loves Don Henley and the Eagles. Yeah, yeah and I think it's part of that kind. Of, there's a constant. It's very postmodern. I think it's the best way to put it. You know, where it's like someone said, "End of history." I agree, and I think a big theme of this, and this is one of the things that I think does connect to the real world is not just about movies is um that feeling of anti-climax and i feel like for boomers a lot of it turned out to be anticlimactic the culture war you know the hippies kind of either conformed or they um burnt out and a lot of those hillary clinton yep (laughs) yep. (laughs) Yep. or 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 the old cowboys or the old like you know um pick yourself up by the bootstraps uh, Republicans um, couldn't actually hack it and had to like live a fake life like the Big Lebowski you know where he's basically is a subsidized child you know pretending to be um, play acting as a as a cowboy as a mogul as a what, whatever and and everything is anticlimactic like everything that you feel from familiarity is gonna pay off into like another step forward in the mystery like when I viewed it this time as a noir I'm like okay the, the dude is gonna be a Columbo he's gonna be savvier right. than people think and everything is just anticlimactic. He goes to the pad, you know, like I said before, he scans it, and there's just, you know, the dick, um, the the briefcase ends up meaning nothing. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Hold like, on, what about what about mm-hmm. when he gets his car from the scrapyard and he's telling the cops, he's like, "Yo, did you dust it for Prince?" Like, he's like, "Yeah, we got four guys working on this. We're working leads, on shifts, leads, buddy. yeah, we got. They're working yeah. in shifts." <laughs> and he That's laughs such a good in line, his yeah. fucking face, dude. I also, oh, I forgot the like the other the other black character in this movie is one of the cops who comes to his house and asks him like, uh, "Are you?" He's like. He's like, what's in the briefcase? And he's like, uh, just some business papers. And he's like, oh, uh, uh, what line of work are you in? And he goes, I'm unemployed. <laughs> 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 and he's like, uh, the guy's like, he's, he's looking at like the little bowling pin, like piece that he has on his ashtray. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, something with race in this movie, it's kind of weird in that there's not that many uh, non-white people. There's the one Asian guy and then there's the black guy. I feel like they're kind of conspicuous by their absence in a way that they're not really in other movies because race keeps getting referred to. Like, for example, the Asian guy comes in and I don't know what to make out of this. I'm just throwing it out there, right? But the Asian guy and the white guy comes in, right? The Asian guy pees on the rug, which is, you know, pretty bad. But the white guy dunks his head to the toilet multiple times, breaks his floor tiles with the bowling ball. You know, he's pretty much an asshole too. I mean, but for some reason, they just keep fixating Chinamen. Chinaman. Even after you telling the story, the most notable part, the Chinaman. And I was very kind of wondering like what what that meant. Like why is it so important that he's um Asian and Chinaman? They keep going uh back to it. And there's like a weird thing where he says, Yeah, I was in Vietnam and there was Chinaman, which you know, Vietnam is not not China. Like I think so it's like, funny it, though that it, Walter is the one who objects to uh using yes. the term yeah. Chinaman. He's the PC person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he but tells I him think, to say Asian American. And then yeah. and then he he says it himself. He says the slur himself it, it is yeah i'm not quite sure what they were what they were trying to say with that um because they do make a big point of i like you were you're right they do make a big point of of noting his race and referring to it repeatedly i, I don't quite know what that was about i think the other weird thing with with walter's character though is that like he's this like uh, f- fanatically angry like polish guy but he converted to judaism because of his ex-wife and still regards himself as jewish so he has this like weird sort of like adopted displaced identity but because he's like a vietnam vet he's a obsessed with this idea of like uh like like proving uh proving one's worth by uh fighting against like a worthy adversaries as he calls them like charlie the man in the black pajamas and he compares the them favorably to saddam hussein which he said a bunch of it calls them a bunch of fig eaters trying to find reverse on a soviet tank yeah Yeah, and then also he's he's like when he finds out about the nihilists he, uh, he at first he hears Germans and he's he immediately like Nazis and that the, the and that's like he's Jerry's. yeah he's he's fucking pissed about that but when he finds out they're nihilist he's like that's worse he's like at yeah. least national socialists have an ideology that's my favorite that's my favorite line of the movie by the way he says say what you will about the tenets of national socialism at least it's an ethos <laughs> <laughs> oh oh true but I think that's also part of its uh, commentary like these boomers needed the culture war and needed to believe things matter that they were good guys and bad guys and I think that's yep. part of the anti-climax as in okay these the final bad guys what do they believe because they, they used to happen in film noir sometimes where sometimes the person looking after the looking for the Maltese Falcon or whatever the MacGuffin was was actually an escaped uh, Nazi war criminal you found out they used to be a Nazi or something so then on top of that it's like not only am I stopping the criminal but the bad guy is an extra bad guy uh, he's, an, he's a Nazi like, but a nihilist that's not really like, like, like what is that and I think it's part of that that whole anti-climax like uh the bad guys are deeper than a porn ring oh what else are they oh they're nihilists and it's like oh that's everything and the final confrontation between them and the nihilists it's like there's no money there's no kidnapping and then they're just basically like okay what do you have in your pockets right now and they're gonna rob them for like six dollars at the end yeah. of the <laughs> all right so that was a preview if you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.